enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. And that's Tim. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week and I, Tim and get Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classics down to that rare gem that broke another glass. <laughs> the back of your video store shelf this week. Tim and I are continuing the movies that we didn't watch or mostly Tim didn't watch last year. It's 22 redo. And this week we're doing from 2022 smile. Darn you smile. Tim, what, what really makes you smile? Oh, okay. Well, that's a That's a great question. Um, you know, I, some of my most purest joy uh, is probably from my daughters. Uh, we will, you know, we do this thing called the drive round, and the drive round can be <laughs> something that that takes place on the weekend, but it at very least takes place on the way to school because um, I still drive them to school every morning. And we go and we get breakfast and we get coffee, and then we drive around different neighborhoods for about 20 minutes before I drop them off to school. And we just talk about the most like ridiculous things. Yeah. And you know, like even today we were talking about like um, a scene from 90210 and I was just like throwing out some, some lines like, um, like uh, Dylan at when Kelly's mom got married and Dylan, who is an alcoholic, yeah. um, you know, is, is troubled and uh, because he's having some friction with Brenda's dad and uh, dad, you know, the dad actually is like shitty to him. But then later on, he goes to like apologize to Dylan. But Dylan's already started drinking and um, or he goes to reach for a drink behind the bar at the, uh, you know, in the backyard where the wedding's taking place. And uh, and he's like, oh, it, the dad says, oh, sure. Like, you need another drink. And Dylan goes, it just grabs the bottle and whips it against the wall and says, and what I don't need is you telling me what to do. And let me tell you something else. I want your hands off my money. And so I said that line. And then I just said, Jim bristles. Like, like I was like saying the stage direction right. for like Brenda's dad, Jim Walsh. And my daughter Rowan was laughing like as if that was his name. Like, right. like Dylan just says, I want your hands off my money. And then immediately tries to introduce himself as some new guy, Jim bristles. <laughs> Glad to meet you. So like the most ridiculous. I'm in accounting. <laughs> right. So the most ridiculous, silly stuff with, with my daughters just brings about like, Really pure, true joy. Yeah. Um, and sounds I. sounds like an early start to the morning. It is. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. We're like rushing out of here every day. Like we from just in time. From like wake up to out the door. That's like 15 minutes. And that's like to school. Right to school. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it makes me feel good because it's it, it was something that was just happening like just to get breakfast in them, you know, to start. 
But then we were having so much fun that it was like we have to build in that time All right. to drive around and like listen to some music and laugh and talk about stuff. We used to actually get the breakfast, go to the school when we could park in the front. Uh-huh. And then watch all the kids come in. And I don't want to say like make fun of them, but make fun of them. <laughs> and like, you know, that's when I noticed like, why do 45% of your classmates all have like leg braces? Like what is happening? <laughs> but like, you know, these kids just, you know, they're, they're fragile. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I would say that's, that's something that brings like an instant smile to my face, but it's also like, um, you know, there a lot of times I catch myself smiling, just listening and observing like ridiculousness happening in in real life. Yeah. Um. And you know, it's not even that I have a uh, like an example, but it's you just don't have to you don't have to look very far for just ridiculousness in society. <laughs> no, that's true. And um and yeah, a, a smile is a is a great way to to deflect that, even if it's like somebody like getting pissed off or whatever. Um. I just, uh, I am prone to happiness, I guess I would say. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I smile often. And I've been told, uh, not, you know, I don't, don't want to brag here, but I've been told that I have, like, nice teeth. <laughs> you do have very nice teeth. Which, well, thank For you. For how much you fucking smoke, like, they're <laughs> insanely white. Right. Yeah, that's what everybody always says. And it's like, once a year, I buy the cheapest, like, 1999 <laughs> Crest white strips, generic, uh-huh. and use it like once a year, and that's it. Wow. And but yeah, and I've got that gap in my teeth. But yeah, people yeah. seem to like it. Oh, the gap rules. Yeah, well, I think you. Don't yeah, fix the gap. It's amazing. For well, I t- one time I went to a uh, the dentist, and my normal dentist, a, a, a fr- mutual friend of ours, wasn't there, and so it was a new guy. And I'm in the chair, and he's like, so, and he gets kind of takes on a serious tone, and he's like, you know, we can. Uh, we can do something about that, that gap. Are you, know, are you, are you ready for that? And I'm just like, fuck you, dude. Like, first of all, like I'm not, it's not like I'm 15, you know, like I'm already like, I've been living this way for a long time. And uh, there's a lot of people that have a gap tooth, like Lauren Hutton as a model did pretty well. Yeah. Madonna's got kind of a gap. T- well, she's got a lot of stuff going on right now currently, but facially. Yeah. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. Like, I get the principle of it. Like, you fill in the skin so that it puffs out and there's no wrinkles. Uh-huh. But then you got that, like, um, you remember those costumes when we were very little? I'll be excited <laughs> if you remember this. You painted the kid's face all just one color. The costume itself was an inflated head oh, above that. Yeah. But it was like this cat face that was oblong or or whatever animal it was. I do remember those. Only yeah. lasted like a year or two. Yeah, exactly. And um, oh my God, I think I had one, but I don't remember what it was now. You're right. Holy the, shit. Yeah, yeah. I totally forgotten about those. <laughs> right. I haven't because my sister, <laughs> who was allergic to everything when we were younger, <laughs> right. was wearing one. And my parents were putting on, we're getting ready to go trick or treating and they're putting the makeup on her. And she's just screaming and crying because just the, the she's having a reaction to yeah. the makeup on her face. Um, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, they were kind of cool, <sighs> but yeah, that weird oblong, like cat face is a kind of, and you know, that's the shame of it because Madonna is not <laughs> young, but like just a handful of years ago, like six, seven years ago, 
I saw a picture of her and she was really cute. Like you could tell that she was older, but she was aging so gracefully. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's great. Like, yeah, you don't owe anything to anyone. You're Madonna. So, yeah, you're fucking Madonna. <laughs> right. You could come out with poop wiped on your face every day and people would be like, that must be the new hotness. Yeah, you gave poop out on your face. Black album of the year in 1984. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you don't have anything Matt else to Prince. prove. <laughs> right, yes. Um, yeah, I don't get the idea of like, oh, I'm getting older. I don't want to look... I don't want people to know I'm old, so I'm going to make my face look like a fish. Kind of like, who are you fooling? Right. Like, I don't, you know, that's better. Right. Right. Because that's a pick on Madonna. There are plenty of people who. Because if you're, if your neck, you know, your face could be stretched as far as it could be, but if your neck looks like a piece of tinfoil that you keep wrapping (laughs) something up with over and over again, like, you're not really fooling anybody. Um, yeah, so I, I don't get that. Now, speaking of smiles, the uh, lip injections are quite popular these days. <sighs> don't get that either. You know, I, I that that's one that I don't mind too much because, you know, full lips are nice. And, um, and it's like, at least you're not like altering like the structure of your face. I mean, I well, guess you, you are. are. But I mean, like your lips. Well, yes. <laughs> That's a fair point, but you're not like, um, you're not, well, I guess you are <laughs> never mind, but it's a bad example. But, um, one time, I don't think any of that looks weird. Like as soon as I, it's very easy to recognize. And I just, man, I'm like, I don't know why you would do that. Total yeah. turnoff. Good thing. I'm not in the dating pool. <laughs> don't have to worry about it. No, no. And your wife has uh full lips. Are, are they? I think so. Kind of, I don't really. I can't really nice. picture them, but I think so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're fine. They're as very do kissable. you. Yeah. Well, that's why you don't care. You guys are set as it yeah. is naturally. Right. Some people don't have it so easy. Well. <laughs> um, Let me say, no. if I didn't have her, I would look for a woman who didn't put a bunch of shit in her face. You know what? That's something I've noticed recently as we're getting older. Um, and this isn't any one particular person, but you speaking of women and I see, I don't even know who to blame anymore when it comes to women and their makeup. Like, is it men that made them feel a certain way historically so that they felt like they had to wear the makeup or did they want to wear the makeup to start with? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Right. But what I do know is that I think most women would be shocked to know that without their makeup, even well into their forties or let's say even fifties, when they washed all the makeup off their face, look like fucking 10 years younger. (laughs) I mean, like maybe 15 years younger and it's adorable. And it's like, you don't, you don't need all that stuff. (laughs) Uh, You certainly don't need a line at your jawline that is like five times darker than your neck. (laughs) Like that's what you don't need. Right. Um, But you know, who am I to say? All right. Back on topic. Yeah. Smiling. <laughs> yeah. But smiles. Well, is there is you there can't any- smile with all that Botox. <laughs> but is there anything in particular that always makes you smile? Oh, I don't know. Like, um, you know, I think if I'm out and about and I see people, uh, I like when people like rib each other and I'm not involved in it. So I'm always poking fun at people. Yeah. But if I see other people razzing each other, 
I'm all, I like I get excited. Like I get my eyes get I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. This will be fun, especially if it's not uh, contentious, right? That's a real word. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, anything with my kids—that's easy. That's a fucking cop out. I would never, never say my kids. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, that is true. Like it's my, uh, I mean, anything my uh, kids say, I'm just like, I like smile. I'm like, that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. How are you so funny? That's great. Yeah. You know, for me, one thing, and you know, this is really more laughter than it is smiling, but ever since I was a little kid, like, let's say I was, you know, seven or eight and we were, you know, maybe my mom or Maybe even sister was babysitting for like an actual like little baby that was a friend of the family or something like that. To this day, too, it it happens when I hear a baby full on doing that, like scream crying like they are in like just so upset. I go into an absolute fit of uncontrollable laughter like it's this weird defense mechanism but it is the funniest thing in the world to me and i don't even mean to do it but it's just a weird like instinctual reaction not i'm not like taking joy in their baby's brain but it's just this weird like i can't handle this and i am going to battle it with the opposite emotion and uh just makes me laugh hysterically um, traumatize your kids, but they're like, <laughs> right, yeah, doesn't get it. <laughs> Just laughing in my daughter's faces, and <laughs> they're you know infants. Um, no, I uh, I do love to smile. And um, one thing that I thought was really sad one time, I remember reading about Kim Kardashian <laughs> saying that she literally makes a habit of not smiling as an anti aging method. Wow. So that like, even if she enjoys something like she'll, you know, show like, you know, like a cock of the head, like I'm acknowledging that that is amusing. Right. But I'm not going to give you a smile because it's not worth it to me. (laughs) And and uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe when you're in the public eye like that, breaking the Internet. The funny thing is, is that I don't think she has to worry too much about the smiling. Yeah. You know, there's other things. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I just uh, I think that I I hope that we're over that sort of aging thing. Plus, we don't age as fast as people used to. Oh my God, no! Somebody used to be fifty and look like they are absolutely like tap dancing on death's door, <laughs> right? And that's just not the case anymore. No, well, you know, we just stress about things we make up now. There's no nothing really to worry about. Well, you know, it, it kind of makes you wonder. Life um, is perfect. Well, you know, I'd, maybe it's it's all driven by who you're friends with or who you're seeing posts from or whatever. But man alive, like I know that there was this sort of self-deprecation thing that came initially from Generation X, really embraced by millennials. And don't get me wrong. I love it. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, it's kind of like. Um, instead of us, like our older people saying like, eh, same shit, different day, you know, whatever, which is just kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Now it's just kind of like life is awful. <laughs> I don't know how I get out of bed every morning. You know, I don't know what's left for me out there or why I keep going. And yeah. that's just kind of like casual conversation waking up in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I, I will say this, like, 
I mean, it's pretty well documented, though. Quality of life around here over the last 25 years has been in a pretty steep decline. We had a, we, uh, people of our age, had a pretty good run for like 15 years. Yeah, but like go to Bulgaria. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, sure, go to the moon. I mean, yeah, right. there's probably worse places. <laughs> yeah, go to the moon without a spacesuit. I'll go you to know. Bulgaria. They got socialized health care. I'll go there. They say that it's the, the most depressed country in Europe. I don't know if they have socialized health care. Really? Yeah. I mean, but I've never met any Bulgarians, so yeah, it's I've like. I've never met anyone who was like going there for holiday. Right. <laughs> right. <say> holiday? <laughs> well, yeah, right. that's a, the European way yeah, to say yeah. it, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that is what they would you're say. You're going yeah. on holiday, yeah, to Bulgaria. Yeah. yeah. Nor yeah. have I met anyone saying they go there on vacation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody nobody goes to Bulgaria. No. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, smiling. I, I, I will say this, though. I like it when people smile. I think it goes a long way. You ever, you ever sometimes, and this doesn't even have to be like a flirty thing or a sexual thing in the slightest. But you ever just like, you know, maybe you're in the store, maybe you're in, I always pick Walgreens, but maybe you're anywhere. And like, you just happen to look up and somebody just gives you a smile. Sure. Not with any like, you know, intent behind it or anything. And you're just kind of like, oh, okay, that, well, that's nice. Yeah. You know, people should do that more often. It'd be great. Um, I smile at people. Beats talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes that just takes care of everything. You yeah. should give them a nice big smile. They give it back and it's like, we're done here. Yeah. You know, maybe a, Hey, Hey, yeah. Hey. Yeah. A little eyebrow raise. Like, <laughs> I can't wait till we get video. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, uh, I think it goes a long way. Hey, look, here's the thing. I'm not going to go off on a big tangent here, but let me just say that, that, You'd be, I think people would be surprised at how much the, they themselves would be elevated by the company that they keep. And if those people are positive, like, you know, I just came from the gym and the, where I, uh, you know, do my fight training. This is a place where people like goals are not jokes to these people. It's like if somebody, some guy walked in, some anybody, man, woman, child, whatever it was, walked in there and said, I want to be the world champion. Nobody would be, would be like, you're fucking crazy. It would be like, fuck yes, let's go. Like, show me what you're going to do. Let's do this shit. Like yeah. goals to these people are really, really important. And so there's a lot of positivity. Like when you say like, I'm going to, you know, lose 50 pounds or whatever. It's not like your buddy's like, yeah, whatever. I'll believe it when I see it. They're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, awesome, dude. Like you can do this. You, I think you'd be great at that. You can, you can do this. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, maybe, maybe if I'm not saying for people to just drop their friends, but I'm saying like, maybe seek out some people in your life or some area that you can go to. Uh, where there's positivity. Yeah. You know? It's always a plus. Yeah. I probably easier said than done, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, there's happy places out there. Uh, that's true. Even though it is funny that Disney World is the suicide capital of the United States. Like Disney World? Like yeah. the actual park? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's kind of like people go there. Maybe it's a little like sick sense of humor but it's like a shit ton of people kill themselves there every year what, like in their hotel room yeah or maybe the, the hotel park? yeah somewhere on the grounds like because oh. it, it's kind of like the happiest place in, in the world right or is yeah. that the, the saying or on the planet whatever 
Um, so they're like, well, if I can't be happy there, then I can't be happy anywhere. And right. they get there and their problems are still the same. So they kill themselves. Yeah. Which is, is a shame. Um, but, uh, I mean, it is expensive. That's very. I mean, you see how much a hot dog costs there and you might just, you know, open up those wrists. So <laughs> go, uh, go vertical this time. Damn. Um, but no, I, uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't go there. Go there. I mean, go to Disney World. Have fun. Don't kill yourself. No. Um, but uh, but no, I, I think that I think that people would I think the world would be a great place if I love the the self-deprecating humor. I love, you know, there being the sort of fun and misery. My God, there is a show that you and I, especially you absolutely love called a skit show. That is entirely based on basically like frustration and disappointment. Oh, uh, I think you should leave. Yes. Yeah. And it is goddamn hysterical. But nearly every single skit is about hurt, defeat, frustration and just like fucking up. Yeah. And I love that show to death and I would never say anything bad about it. But just balance it out a little bit, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) go to Build-A-Bear and watch some kids like hug some bears oh, I before thought you meant the sketch show oh <laughs> yeah. yeah and now the build a bear sketch right <laughs> get the one that says i love you honey <laughs> is that an actual sketch baby, baby, baby. no no <laughs> okay. we're on to something there but like uh yeah just find some balance be happy you know the the one thing it's funny it's like Everybody always talks about it. This is especially with uh celebrities transcendental meditation yeah transcendental meditation yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's like, uh, it almost sounds too complicated for me to want to try. Like, I mean, maybe it's simple. Yeah. Have you ever looked into it? I've got, we've got a a friend who swears by it. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe I'll. She has talked to David Lynch on the phone because he's also involved in it. It's like, it's like his program and she got like enrolled in it. Yeah. Can we get him on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Not using that like that. I don't. I think it's only been one time. I don't think he really remembers the conversation. Yeah, you know, David, I've been feeling really down lately, but you know, it would really lift my spirits. Um, I have a new mantra. Yeah, go on my friend's podcast. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Very good. (laughs) He's just. He's. uh, It's. You know who's funny to uh, hear talk about David Lynch is. the man who made him, Mel Brooks. Really? Yeah. Mel Brooks absolutely adores David Lynch because he saw a racer head and he was just like, I mean, I'm Mel Brooks, but holy fuck, this movie is amazing. And, you know, he he said that, like, he called him in. He had a meeting with him and that he was, you know, very Midwestern and yes, sir, and hard R's. And, um, you know, sure, I'd, I'd be I'd direct your movie. And then he directed uh, Elephant Man, which Mel Brooks produced. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, You know what else is interesting? What? Some movies. <laughs> From 2022. That's true. That some people saw. Let's get into it. So this is Smile from 2022, written and directed by Parker Finn. It stars Sosie Bacon, Jesse T. Usher, and Kyle Gallner. All names you've heard before. Not to be confused with Chris P. Bacon, the (laughs) legless pig. Oh, man. 
Uh, it had a budget of seventeen million, a worldwide box office of two hundred and sixteen million dollars. That'll put a smile on your face. Just crushed the black phone Has underfoot. Has Kevin Bacon had a movie that big? Footloose? Was it? No. No. <laughs> Interesting. So. Yeah. All right, let's do Dan some, then we can get into some spoilers. Dr. Rose Cotter is a therapist in a, psych- a psychiatric ward. One day she meets with a graduate student who's witnessed one of her professors commit suicide. The student tells her of a malicious entity that has been tormenting her, taking on the forms of smiling people who threaten her and tell her she's going to die. Suddenly, she claims the entity is in the room with them. And with a calm smile on her face, she slits her own throat. Stressed and exhausted, Rose returns home and immediately starts seeing strange shapes in the dark. And as her days wear on, Rose begins to unravel as she, too, seems to be plagued with smiling people who threaten her and claim she also will die. After digging into the past victims, Rose discovers that she is actually being tormented by a demon who lives through trauma and is passed on after its victims commit suicide in front of another person. Now, Rose must try and defeat her demons before the only thing she has left to offer is a smile. Oh, that sounds almost sweet. (laughs) Um, And she does. She does smile at the end of this. She does. Yeah. 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 Happy ending. Happy ending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. She goes through all this stuff. And Do you recommend? It, no, yeah, okay, no. She's on fire. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> she's on fire at the end of this. Um, no, <laughs> I I was thrilled with this movie, which is exciting for a couple of reasons. Number one, I I really really don't like the psychological stuff because yeah. it it uh, affects me at at too deep of a level for me to find enjoyment in. <laughs> Number two, it. I especially don't like psychological horror where people are to the outside world going crazy, even though they're actually dealing with a legit thing. All right. It's exactly what this movie is. Yeah. But there is one thing and I don't want to jump ahead, but I, I want to, I want to put this at the forefront because I, it's one of, I don't want to hyperbolize here, but her performance uh, as the lead as, as Rose. Yeah is one of the best things that I've ever seen in any movie that we've covered because wow because I think oftentimes if you had somebody and I'm not I don't want to throw anybody under the bus but if you had somebody like a Jennifer Lawrence play this role it wouldn't be so much about like what is it Sosi? Yeah. Okay. What Sosi does is just goes through the pain, the trauma, but she tries to, to, to push it down, to balance it, to deal with it. And I think so many other Hollywood actors would be all about like giving a performance where it exposes it. Uh Now I'm the last person to talk about this. (laughs) It's a, I literally wrote it down that this is a lesson to me for any future acting that I do to be less about like, I'm going to expose my pain to the audience yeah. and do more of actually going through it rather than showcasing it. And I think she does an amazing job of trying to keep her shit together in what is terrifying circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. There's one scene where she's in the bathroom trying to get herself together and like puts a fake smile on. Yeah. I liked that scene. And I thought she was very good. I was impressed. I didn't realize she was a Nepo baby going into this. <laughs> so. 
I didn't realize that dirty. she was like, I didn't realize I didn't know she existed. Right. Me neither. Yeah. As an actress or otherwise. Yeah. I didn't know Kevin Bacon had kids. Yeah. He seems so I mean, active. It makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Where does he find the time? Right. But, um, but yeah, no, she is amazing in it. And I'll tell you what it's, it's, I don't want to be a all high and mighty and say that just because a movie made, you know, literally multiple hundreds of millions of dollars that automatically I wasn't going to like it because it was something like maybe more like the black phone, which is tepid and, and palatable to the, to the masses. So there's no way it's going to have true artistic value. That's, yeah. that's a real hoity toity shitty thing to say, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. This is a weird backhand compliment. I wouldn't be surprised if this movie made $500,000 at the box office. I mean, yeah. it's great. Well, it wasn't even supposed to make any money at the box office. Right. It was supposed to be just a streaming movie. Exactly. Which actually brings about, you know, even some choices that they made for lenses that they used and uh, formats that they used because they just thought this thing's going to go straight to TV. Yeah. Um, but you want to talk about an origin story that is the thing of dreams. You've got our director, and I'm sorry, what's the director's name again? Parker Finn. Parker Finn doesn't even have a Wikipedia, I don't think. No, it has is not a clickable name on Wikipedia. No, but even though he is an author and a director, yeah, <laughs> apparently the yeah the guy's been working in films and and TV for a while, but he made this short movie called Laura hasn't slept. And he took that to um, the uh, South by Southwest and uh, it won like some like, you know, midnight movie, you know, award or whatever. And it literally just got fast tracked by Paramount to say like, okay, cool. We thought that short was awesome. We want you to direct this, flesh it out make it work and we're going to make a feature and we're just going to put it on, you know, our streaming service. Yeah. But then as, as things were sort of building and coming together, it, you know, and the movie gets made, somebody's like, I think we've got a theatrical release here. Like this is a great movie. And, um, and so it was neat. What, what happened was, is that that short gets made, but before that the director had met, um, and I apologize. My contacts are ancient. So <laughs> me reading my notes is going to be tough, but bear with me. So he meets a cinematographer by the name of uh, Charlie Saroff. Uh, and Charlie and he were at a pre party for South by Southwest yeah. in 2020. And so they're hanging out and they're talking about movies that they like and stuff like that. And then that South by Southwest gets canceled because of COVID. Yeah. So then when like everything kind of shut down and they're like, oh, well, see you later. Like we, we were going to hang out and like, it was kind of cute. Like they're like, let's hang out this whole time. You know, <laughs> right. let's let you like, you're cool. And, um, but then they didn't get the chance to do that because it was canceled. And then when things opened back up, they, one of them called the other and was like, Hey, let's go get a beer. So they go get a drink. And at that time, um, Laura hasn't slept had come out. And so the, the cinematographer was like, I thought that was really great. Um, I'd love to shoot that movie. And they started talking about their love of cinemascope and anamorphic and 2.1 ratio formats, <laughs> which are 
what that all translates to, and I, cause I'm not going to say that, like, I know everything about that. Cause I learned most of it today. <laughs> um, I will say that the, the format that they shot in, if you're wondering, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, there are these movies that have been coming out in the last 20 years. And it's like, I can spot one from a mile away and they're usually kind of artsy and they have a certain feel to them. It's, it's because they're shot in a certain ratio, yeah. right? So what happens with that 2.1 or that anamorphic is that the frame gets squeezed. If you, if you put one hand above your other hand out in front of you and then push them together, the image gets squeezed downward. Yeah. So what happens is, is that you make for a wider frame, but you still hold the same sort of, um, focus on your subject in the middle. Yeah. So what it creates is like, if you think of like the Royal Tenenbaums. So like they have some like weird seventies, like wallpaper behind them, but yet they look really vivid sitting on a couch there. <laughs> right. That's that anamorphic or 2.1 ratio. That's giving you that vivid, but big picture, yeah. you know, or image. So they were both super into that. They decided to film it that way. And uh, which gives it a really unique look. And then, I wanted to ask you about, because I picked up on it pretty quickly. It seems to me as if these dudes were literally pulling out every trick out of the bag to disorient you from the beginning. Um. Well, I mean, yeah, because it kind of starts off with a lady you don't know until much later in the movie who she even was. Right. Uh. But like the pink color, like the pink walls. Oh, I see. The, what you're the, when they when they show smile, they actually had to cut it down. Like when it they they really like a delayed title that card. Title is kind of awesome. Yeah, and it, it sort of like shakes and vibrates or like like flickers, and they actually had to dial it back a little bit uh, to get away from uh, possible epileptic seizures. But like there are there are things that they're doing, whether it's flipping the camera upside down or using that anamorphic thing where there's comfort in a close up on somebody and you can't see what's around them. Yeah. But when there's a close up on somebody and you can, it's like, ah, that's too much space for something to come out. And yeah. Get them, you know, so it's really unsettling. Yeah. And, you know, even to the point where, as we get into the movie, as Rose starts to go through what she goes through, you can tell, like, she doesn't even want to look up. Like she doesn't want to look at anything right? because she might see what, what we see a smile, the smile. So is it that scary? I mean, well, a smile, let, let, you know what I'm, I'm, it is. I know it is. I know it can be. There's actually like a, uh, I don't know if it was inspired by this or what, but I have seen on, uh, the old TikTok I like to waste my time with a, I don't know if this is a trend per se. This might be only one person doing it. I can't even. Re I've only seen a few of these, but it's like you know, you hear like a voice be like, uh, "If you ever see you know a version of yourself, don't approach it." And it's like this girl like getting ready in the bathroom, and she like walks out and just stops, and then like the camera cuts, and it's like you see their staircase, and then she is pretty well shaded. But just with this big smile, but just like the way the light hits her and her smile is very creepy. And it adds like this like static noise that starts growing, like this static feedback. It's very creepy, like very short, like mm. five seconds. 
I've seen a couple of those. Um, but yeah, the smile can be very off-putting, I think. You know, I think that's probably what makes clowns scary. Well, sure. Yeah, it's that. And I, I know I, I, God, if I could go back to the first time I said juxtaposition in this show, like I, and then just a million times afterward. But I think that's, that's something that the director said that he really likes about the smile is that it, it is something that's supposed to be happy. Right. So that if you take something that's supposed to be happy, kind of like it's the same thing with clowns. Exactly what you said. Clowns are supposed to be fun. Kids love them, all that stuff. But, you know, you they're a little creepy. And if you amp that up a little bit, it makes it even more terrifying. Yeah. Like if if Pennywise was just like a hobo, it'd be like, well, yeah, that's probably what that guy would act like. <laughs> right. I mean, nothing against hobos. But um, but the thing is, is like it's They're because bundles tied to a stick. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Get back on your box car. But now this is something and I, I was going to save this for later. But this is a really fun bit. I think this I think this is going to get people really revved up for this episode. Are you already jumping into the bit? I think I'm jumping into the All bit. All right. Okay. I can't wait. I don't know what the bit is. So okay. I only know there is a bit. So I was driving home today and I started thinking about, you know, smiles, just like we're talking about. Yeah. And I started thinking about the the smile in this particular movie, which is you know, these actors spend a lot of time trying to find what the smile is because there is no CGI in any of the smiles in this. Yeah. And some of them do a really great job to where you're like, God, are they stretching their mouth out a little <laughs> bit or whatever? But everybody, it's everything that you see is exactly what that actor could bring. Yeah. And what they found was what the director said was that he wanted a smile that was devoid of emotion so that it looked more predatory and animal kind of like when you see um like if a, a jungle cat is like poised in the grass and like staring at something ready to to pounce like it looks very calm it looks very very relaxed but it is just ultra focused on i'm going to chase that thing in a second and eat it yeah and that's what he wanted from the smile he wanted that that mouth shape but he wanted kind of the dead eyes right with it and that's what i was gonna say like the, the what makes a smile not scary is the eyes are smiling yeah that's a very important part of the smile sure this might be what might creep people out about clowns now that i'm thinking about it because you know, they obviously can smile with their eyes and probably do a lot, but they've got this smile always plastered on their face, but might not always be actually smiling. Yeah. So that can look weird. Yeah. Even picture like, uh, I think it's Kurt Cobain, maybe at the end of the heart shaped box video where he's just got this big goofy yes. ass smile, yeah. but you can tell he's not very happy or you can right. infer that oh. um but i and i'm not even saying that as a joke no, no. i'm just saying I'm just, it looks i'm excited for a little spoiler a little excited for next week oh yeah oh okay oh. okay oh. um and uh yeah i think i know what you're talking about um so let, let me let me just open this up because this is a little fun bit and there's so much to talk about with this movie but let me just tell you about something i was thinking about on the way home so we're talking about smiles. We're talking about emotion and we're talking about horror films and the, the place that happiness or joy, uh, or it, even if it's just the appearance of it would have. So I started thinking about our like hall of fame of slasher killers and their 
levels of happiness. Uh huh. So starting at one end of the uh, let, let's let's just start with like Jason Voorhees. Yeah. I don't believe that Jason gets any happiness out of killing. I think that he is like a dog. Yeah. That he wants to make his mom proud. Yeah. So it's kind of like when a dog brings you like a squirrel or whatever, like, look what I did. Ma. Yeah. Like but they get happy, though. But I, I, I think, yeah, I think he feels like I'd an put eagerness. Michael Myers below that. Well, yes. And I should. Yeah. If we're doing a full spectrum. Yeah. Yes. Michael Myers before that, because I don't think Michael Myers experiences any emotion. Right. He's just on autopilot. It's almost less than an animal. It's almost like a plant. Like it's, it's like the way that I started thinking about it was, I think being Michael Myers would be like being, it would be like going to an alien planet and being deaf. Like you can perceive what's going on, but you can't connect to any of it. Like he recognizes patterns, obviously, and he sees things. But I think his instinct to kill is so much that, that I don't really even think that there's, I don't think he feels joy or sadness one way or the other. Right. Just driven to kill, hunt and kill. So that, yeah, you're right. He would be at that far end. Then you've got Jason. Then you've got, um, let's say, uh, let's say Leatherface. Yeah. Okay. Leatherface is is a real, real near and dear one. Like this guy, I, I Leatherface can be happy. Yeah. Absolutely exhibit happiness. But I think, and I promised myself that I wasn't gonna get choked up about Leatherface. <laughs> but oh, Leather Leatherface can experience happiness, but Leatherface takes no joy in killing. Yeah. Leatherface takes happiness or finds joy in creating um, like a normalcy and a happiness and wanting to like create a family. And I think that Leatherface knows in his limited mental capacity, I think he knows that, that he is not normal. And I think that that's why he's trying to dress up. Like I want to be the thing that makes the family. Yeah. And so when you think of him that way, he's, He's fucking as tragic as Frankenstein. Like, <laughs> sure. I mean, he's just as, I don't want to say he's a sweet well, yeah, person. Yeah, the parallel of being put together by other, from other people is <laughs> right. pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I don't think Leatherface enjoys the the killing. I think that that's just like work for him. Right. Like that's just yeah, a job. Yeah, a chili to make. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, um, I got through, I'm not going to dwell on him because I don't want to get misty eyed. Now we get to people that, are a guy yeah. that enjoys it yeah. and takes real pleasure in it. Oh, yeah. And that's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, he's a 10. Freddy Krueger, I will say this, and, and you can mark my words. If Freddy Krueger had stayed the Freddy Krueger of the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, I think had every chance to be the most terrifying killer in any slasher. Because uh, you remember, yeah, sure, he would fuck around like he'd cut his fingers off, he'd stretch his arms, he'd, he'd move around and, right. and mess around a little bit. But you remember when he's he just wasn't that, like a Henny Youngman, <laughs> right? Like, right? He was scary, and he'd he'd like he was that like angry, like you know, and hunched over, and just that light shining on him, like. Hot, like that scene at the end, like <laughs> yeah, when she's oh, yeah. getting, yeah. I mean, he was scary, yeah, and he loved it. Um, so he's taking he's taking joy in it, and uh, I'm not 
I'm not even going to bring Pinhead into the conversation because f- fuck that. I mean, that's that's yeah. just you can. I, He's just at work. Here's what I decided. Pinhead, you can be go with your pumpkin heads, <laughs> go with your whatever hatchets, your um you can be the captain of the B. You can be the best of the worst. You can be like the captain of the B squad. That's fine. But we're, and I know we're losing listeners when we say that. Look, I'm going to say this right now. I think I got his name, right? Um, Clive Barker, not Clive Cussler. Uh, Clive Barker probably has the mind of a, a JM Barry. Um, Who's and JM Barry, the guy that did uh Peter Pan. Oh, okay. Like, a wildly creative guy. Yeah. Horrible in execution. So let's just get that out of the way. At least movie wise. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, so my whole point in all of this is talking about emotion in or or the 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 visualness of emotion in horror films. And so I don't think that aside from a guy like Freddie, that we often see a smile or happiness depicted. Even though yeah. when we were talking the earlier, Joker. well, yeah, you were you brought up some other examples where it's like, oh, yeah, you're right, you know, um, it's it's not, I mean, it, even it's the it's the end of Psycho, isn't yeah. there that close up on him and he's got that smile? And it's uh, yeah, that, he's a little smirk. That, yeah, they do that skull layover. At yeah, the end. yeah. So it's not the first time that somebody has imagined. Um, oh God, and I, I was trying to talk to you about it earlier. There's a movie called like The Man Who Laughed. Or something like that, where it's about a guy who has a permanent smile and it's really creepy. Very old film. Yeah. But um, but in this movie, I think they do a really nice job with timing because let's face it, whether it's the first time seeing this movie or or if you don't know much about it or not, when Rose is meeting with that first client yeah. who gives us the first smile, you knew what was coming. You knew that eventually she was gonna do the smile, right? Yeah. But man, oh man, they drag that on and on and on to where you're like, well, maybe she's not going to do the smile. <laughs> but um, when she does, it is terrifying. Yeah. And I felt, and I, did you see this? Did you watch this by yourself at home? Yeah. Yeah. This was, I watched uh, when I had COVID. So I okay. was just in a room by myself. I had. Watching movies. It's not uncommon for me to get the legs down tingles. Yeah. I had the full body tingles. Wow. Probably about four or five times in this movie. Holy shit. I was terrified. Why? I was terrified. <laughs> it just was so creepy to me because they did the thing that I really don't. I mean, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I really don't like it where. There's a couple occasions where things start out like someone is there to help. Yeah. And then that person is not there to help. Yeah. First time. I being- feel like that's only effective once. And in this, I liked it. It's when the it, like the security people call her. Oh. That's awesome. That bit's awesome. Yes. Uh, especially, you know, because it's the change in tone uh, from the like, uh, you know. Did you lock the door? Like, yes. And it's like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like yeah. That, now that person knows something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that part's great. But then when the doctor shows up, uh, now I'm already like, I don't trust any, any interaction in this movie now. And this movie does way too many of those. Too many of, of, of just like, 
oh, this bit's going normal. Uh, gotcha. No, yeah. it's actually, uh, she's going crazy. Yeah. That, yeah. the, you know, the interaction, I don't want to jump all around. Sure. Uh, but, you know, when she goes to solve her problem, yeah, that is one of them. Yeah. I did like the, you know, but then there's one at the very end that I liked. Uh-huh. Where it's like she goes, you know, she's out in her remote cabin and then goes w- all the way back to town and the, you know, her n- new lover or whatever, love interest is acting weird and she's like, I got to get away from you and like runs out of his apartment door and boom, she's outside, like runs outside of the cabin. Yeah. Great transition. Very effective. Uh, but you, I knew anyway that guy was going to start acting weird, you know. Well, and I, but I did like, I liked the overall setup. There, there's one thing that I thought was really interesting in this movie, and I, I read the director very much did it on purpose, and it was kind of funny how he put it too. He's like, he's like, I really didn't want a lot of exposition. He's like, I didn't want this movie to go, you know, three quarters of the way through and then be like, but a priest had a book in the 1400s and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And like, we realize that there's some mythology or whatever. And normally I really like that mythology stuff. um, Cause that's part of the creativity of creating this background. But did you like the fact that there is like, I mean, she doesn't even bother like 90 other 90% 90% of other movies would. She doesn't go to a priest. She doesn't do, I mean, she's no. just yeah. like, it's there's like, no mythology. Oh, it turns out it's actually Balagalak. Exactly. <laughs> He's an right. Sumerian god who was captured in a tomb while being tickled. And, or, <laughs> or what, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's there's fine. You don't have to have any, which it, makes the end kind of cool. And where. it's, and a lot of it's pretty plausible because. Um, so the, the, the men, you mentioned the guy at the end, she, what, where we're at with her is that she has a fiance who their life as it is right now seems picturesque. You know, they, they seem like they are well to do. They have this beautiful house, big house and all this stuff, but her ex-boyfriend is a cop. Yeah. And, but that is a nice fixture because that allows, because of his you know, cop or detective credentials allows for them to investigate what's going on and get even further into it. So I thought that was a real, you and I all the time talk about what's a simple fix to like make something plausible. Yeah. Make the ex-boyfriend a cop. Yeah. You know, make the, the relationship complicated, but you can tell he still loves her. So, you know, we'll, we'll go that angle with it. So that, that allowed her to research the chain of what causes it. So let's, let's talk about, cause I've spent a lot of time figuring out how to beat this thing. And yeah. It's very hard. No, oh. it's nearly impossible. Uh, well, no, I thought it'd be very easy. Well, if you know about it. Well, okay. So what happens in this movie is that the, someone is cursed. Yeah. And when they, when they, when the curse gets to such a point that they are now inhabited by the demon, they will commit suicide. And if they commit suicide in front of a witness, then the curse passes on to that witness. Right. So we know that, right? Um, And then we're presented with... I mean, think of a virus that can be transmitted by looking at it. That's scary. (laughs) Right, yeah. 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 All of a sudden, we'd have a bunch of guys in like raised up F two fifties. Like, I'm not wearing sunglasses. <laughs> right. You can't make me wear sunglasses 
Now we've just got a bunch of Facebook profile pictures of guys in the cabs of their trucks without sunglasses. But then they and put the whole on, country shuts down. But then they put on the sunglasses and realize that the virus isn't real. Uh, it, it could go a whole bunch of different directions. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But let yeah, me I t- know. But right. So let's let's say that there is that. And then we're presented with a one guy that beat it. And the way to beat it is to feel it coming on because you've got about roughly four to seven days before you get completely taken over yeah. by the thing. Well, it's seven days. Yes. Um, some people as quickly as the four. only thing in this movie that seems to be taken from another story is seven days. Yes. That's it. This is the only thing. <laughs> so the thing is, is that they find a guy. I didn't like it as much as Tim. If no one can really, <laughs> I loved it, but I did like it. So they, what they find out is that if you kill, so if you, if, if the, if the thing, if the smile curse is affecting you, but before it's fully taken you over, if you kill somebody and, and the bloodier and the, the more traumatic, the better in front of somebody else. So they witness it, it will jump out of you and then get to that person who witnessed it. Right. So that's a way to get around it. So here I am thinking about how to deal with this. Now, if what you want to do as a human is just rid the earth of this altogether, then you drive to a place where literally no one can find you, kill yourself, right? and then it, it ends, or at least for what we're told, it should end. Yeah. But if killing yourself- stops your, following. Yes. But if- if, Which is <laughs> the only thing taken from another movie. Right. I'll tell you what, though. I thought this movie was 10 times scarier than it follows. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's scarier. But you know, but they were big fans of that movie. One thing that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One thing that It Follows does that I love so much, and obviously we covered it, we talk about it. It Follows has this, like, if you watch It Follows, not every single scene, but nearly has a real subtle zoom, not zoom in, but but uh, tracking yeah. shot where we're always moving in on the subject, which yeah. obviously is intentional that we're always getting closer to the thing. Right. So they use a lot of that in, in this movie too. But, um, but the thing is, is that I started thinking about how you could trick it. And I thought, let's just say you're, you've got the curse. Yeah. You pick somebody and let's just assume that, you know, somebody that it, for whatever reason, deserves to die. (laughs) You kill that person in front of, go with me on this, a baby. Okay. So the, the baby is witness to it. Right. But the baby, hopefully, but the baby is unable body wise to end their lives. Yeah. But the baby has to be traumatized by witnessing the murder. It's not going to know what is that it, is. Well, that's the question. Does it just take witnessing it or does it take being traumatized? Because well, it's the, baby the trauma. Could... Yes, it's the trauma. That's why you have like, yes, it's the trauma of it. Because what I was thinking was the baby might grow up and literally forget the memory of it. And if they're if they forget the memory of it, then they're no longer traumatized by it. Uh, Or let me go. Well, ahead. that could be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it takes to traumatize a baby or. Oh, let's get away from babies. Showing how much college is going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> or a blind person. 
Okay. Uh-huh. So is that a way to cheat it? You kill someone in front of a blind person. I don't so think they were so. technically there. Yeah. They I get, witnessed it. I mean, I don't want to talk bad about blind people that they don't witness the things that happen around them I even though they can't maybe see. Maybe blind it. people are immune to this curse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That might be a way to beat it. You <laughs> Thanks just smiling next to it and you're just like yeah. reading reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> but the the only catch is is that regardless of how you react to it from what we see at, at the end, jumping ahead is that eventually it's not about you fighting it off or not. It's about this thing is going to eventually like physically crawl into your body. Yeah. And it's what they talk about in the movie where they say, best, best part of the movie. Yeah. It, it's what they talk about where they say, like when the person finally kills themselves, that they just went from being like tortured and, and, and crazy and and frantic and then all of a sudden they had this like calm and and they had been like taken over by something so that's when the thing goes into you so what i'm saying is that's what's tricky about this movie is that even no matter where you go or what happens eventually that thing is going to get inside of you it's what it seems like yeah so but unless you do what we said where you Kill somebody, somebody witnesses it, but doesn't witness it. I, I don't know. I'm 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 thinking into the sequel yeah, already. I, th- I think the whole point is that person then has to be traumatized by what they've witnessed. Okay. And that without the trauma, then there's no passing on. Right. Right. Now, if you're a responsible person and uh hope to save mankind, if you know about the curse. Maybe no. Oh, I'm now experiencing the thing that gives me the curse. Kill yourself right then. Just do it. You got to yeah. do it. Put that service revolver in your fucking mouth, <laughs> officer. Be a <laughs> or detective. I guess he's, he's earned a, his rank. Take that job at Smith and Wesson as a taste tester. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, Yes. Okay. Okay. And I'm I'm not going to be a douchebag about it and be like, well, maybe if you do that, then it just wanders around until it finds a mountain man yeah. out in the woods. Or I, who knows? I don't know. But um, but either way, I know that you're a big stickler for rules, and this movie at least seems to follow its own and rules pretty well. I have well. zero problem with rules in this movie. Yeah. Which and it's kind of a rule heavy movie. Like uh, I mean, it's specific. Well, yeah. Yes, it's specific, but I think that's what helps it. Now, what did you just jumping to lighter topics here? What did you think of? Uh, is it Cal Penn? Yeah, I kind of loved him in this movie. Dude, he's great in anything he does. I mean, he's a guy that just kind of seems to. Uh, he's got an interesting career because he was doing movie. He had a big hit with uh, Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar. Uh, you know, I think he bounced around, but he he always got work, and then he was just like. I need to like uh, do something better, and he like went and worked for the Obama administration for a while. Okay, uh, and then he like, I think he is one of those guys where he's like, you know, I've kind of made enough. Like, I don't feel like I have to prove myself. So he does kind of like fun stuff like this, where he can, he doesn't have to worry about carrying a movie, but he can just go put in a solid performance. Yeah, uh, you know, he's not doing. Yeah, even even though Harold and Kumar, he was playing a stereotype that's obviously a like play on the stereo. You know, sure. it's a rebuttal of stereotypes or whatever. But you know, he doesn't have to. 
do that anymore, really. Well, yeah, and it's and like you know the last the last bad thing I saw him in was in and I don't remember. I think it's Epic Movie. Remember when they like those two oh. fucking hacks came out with like parody movies like, yes. every six months? Yes, yeah, he was in like the most egregiously bad one, probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh in my wow, life. wow, yeah. wow. But yeah, in this, he just plays like uh, the head of the psychiatric unit of the hospital. And it's as straight of a role as can be. And he just does like a really good job. Like, I think what's neat about him is that he's recognizable, but he's playing the straight man. So he's because we connect with him because of seeing him in other things, we automatically just buy into him a little bit more. And he he does show like a really nice measured level of concern, like. That's basically his whole character is concern. And at one end, it's like, hey, you know, you're a little shaken up. You haven't slept in a while. Like, why don't you, you know, just take the rest of the day off or whatever. Yeah. Graduating all the way up to being like, holy fuck, I have to call the cops on you. You are crazy. (laughs) And he plays all of those really nicely. Like, yeah, because every time is still there's a layer of like concern there. He's never like, I'm done with you. You know, he doesn't ham it or anything. Yeah. Yeah, he does a great job. And then the uh, the boyfriend, or the I should say the ex-boyfriend, um, does a, a, a pretty good job of conveying a guy that is still in love with his ex-girlfriend, still cares about her. You know, she basically ditched him. And she, and she has a monologue where she comes out and says, like, you know, because I, I witnessed my mom, like, basically, you know, drug, drink and drug herself to death and whatnot, that I'm cut off from people or intimacy or whatever. And I'm sorry that I ran away from that when I was feeling that with you. And then, you know, she goes and gets engaged to some other guy. So obviously he's bitter, but (laughs) I mean, he, but you could tell that he still loves her. So that, that I thought that part was nice. Yeah. Now, the one thing that I was going to say was that the, the fiance, the current fiance, um, I had a real problem with this guy's acting on a fundamental, a fundamental level in appearance. In um, just being on screen, warm, likable. Yeah. No, no problem with that whatsoever. But some of like just X's and O's line delivery and word intonation and gestures just felt like like somebody won an award and got to be in a movie. Like it was that (laughs) bad to me. Like, again, I like the, I like his presence. I think it's funny. I liked him in this movie. I think he's perfect for the role, but it was just, there were some, I'd have to go back and watch it so that I could look at you and be like, what did he just do right there? You know, it, it doesn't ruin anything. And frankly, those two aren't supposed to have a lot of chemistry anyway, because I mean, we're supposed to believe that they could be together, but that relationship doesn't have to like weather anything because right. he kind of gets freaked out. So it, that that part was fine, but um, I think they did a really nice job of keeping the movie pretty simple. You know, you've got Rose, who is already from childhood the product of trauma. Yeah, you've got her sister, who has gone the complete other direction in in response to the trauma basically ignores it and I'm just going to live the suburban housewife life. Yeah. And, um, but, it but she d- controls that. Ha- I mean, she is like, I'm taking control of everything. Yes. And it makes for one of 
And it, to the point where I was watching this scene and I'm like, please, God, while it would be a total cop out, let this be some sort of dream or something. But God damn it, it was real. A colossal breakdown in a public setting. Like for any of you that have fears of just going to like smaller public gatherings, like a birthday party <laughs> or something like that. I know even I don't necessarily love those all the time. Um, like if you don't know anybody, if you're not really close to anybody, yeah. but you have to all of a sudden we're all together and we have to pretend to give a shit about this eight year old's birthday party or whatever it may be. <laughs> right. Um, you know, there is something like extremely traumatic that happens in that scene and it only gets worse. Yeah. Um, to the point Although of I almost that, being did humorous. Did you see that coming? I saw that coming a mile away. I as soon as he grabs the gift, I was like, her cat's in there. Uh, <laughs> okay, not certainly not before. Only when he had his hands on a present, but not before that. Right, like the cat being gone. I, I thought they did a pretty. Yeah, no, good I job. didn't. No, I wasn't like. Well, yeah. Once she's gonna give that to her. Once he's got that gift. present, it's like, oh shit, that's where Mustache, Mr. Yeah. Mustache, is. Yeah. So, um, so there was that. Now. Uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, but I want to ask you about something in particular because you mentioned that you felt like there were a little bit too much of the like gotcha jump scares. Yeah. But I think some of them were pretty effective. We just mentioned the sister and holy fuck, does she have one? Yeah, she's got one, but they do it in the trailer. Oh, really? Unfortunate. Yeah. The head, the head, yeah, dip? The, head oh. the head dip is in the trailer. Oh, yeah. So, OK, so I'm sitting here talking about how scary this movie is. Yeah. You watched it by yourself. Yeah. Nighttime or daytime? Uh, I think it was nighttime. Yeah, probably. So just talk a little bit for a second about like whether or not you think this movie is scary or not. I was wanting to recommend it to people like it's one of the most terrifying movies I've seen. OK, in go to the bathroom. Uh, I mean, is it scary? I will say yes. It definitely. I think from the the way it's made, it's made very well. It looks beautiful. Um, and so the the while uh, some of the jump scares are cheap, some of them are pretty effective, and they're not. They don't beat you over the head with them. There's nothing like a cat jumps out, you know. It's a slippery slope to say that these the jump scares are nonsensical because you are dealing with a demon that just fucks with you for a week. So of course it's gonna like jump out and scare. If you if your job was to fuck with someone, jumping out and scaring them would be an effective thing to do. So uh, you know there are some good. There are some good jump scares. The the neck one is pretty good, even though I knew that one was coming. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well I guess the trailer. You saw the trailer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't one where I was like, oh, she's going to come up to the window and like bend her head down. I know it. No. But, you know, there are just a few times in this where she's just sitting there and then all of a sudden, Rose! Like, so just yells her name. Yeah. Like, that's a little, yeah, that's a little cheap. That's a little cheap. There aren't a lot of those, but it happens at least twice. Um, but I do think the score helps set the tone for it, which doesn't make it as bad. The score is really good. It's kind of creepy. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I could see where people would find this movie scary. It just, to me, had too many. I feel like I've seen 
this movie itself was a Frankenstein of like three or four other movies. Yeah, I, uh, I could, I could see. I, I think, I think it's saved by. And you even said this earlier. I think that it's pretty artistically done. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's like Midsummer or Hereditary, even though they also use that 2.1 uh, ratio. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, think some of these shots are like that. Like, there's some like crazy like Wes Anderson style, like especially at the beginning when she's talking to the grad student, like those shots are, you know, they're not like over the shoulder shots. Like they are just fucking like Wes Anderson. Like the person is framed. Like they are face to face and they're looking directly into the camera and it's very close to them. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of good artistic choices in, in the making of the movie, I don't know if there are any good choices in the telling of the story. Um, there Even is the, the smile thing itself. Cause there was that movie, I don't know, four years ago now called truth or dare, not truth or dare, critical madness, but just <laughs> called truth or dare where it was, it was some kind of curse or whatever. And then people would get this big, like a big smile on their face, but mm. with the dead eyes, and then either they would die. I don't know what happened. It was a fucking awful movie. No one liked it. I didn't watch it. But then I saw the trailer for this the first time, and I was like, I'm going to call it right now. This is like a secret sequel to that movie, but they don't want to say it because no one liked it. Oh. So no one will go see it if they're like, it's truth or dare too. No, but if they just call it Smile. So already the whole idea of the smile had been used four or so years ago. The passing on the curse, that's it follows. Uh, I should have wrote some of these down because I had a few that it just kind of like follows the beats of. I mean, it's mainly it follows. Well, yeah, and I, I will say that that was part of the reason why I didn't rush out and see it, even though it was, you know, kind of this had all of this buzz and was making all this money, was that I felt like um, – I felt like it was probably going to be too close to It Follows. I felt like it was going to be per- really formulaic and kind of a one note or whatever. What what I wasn't expecting is that it was going to be shot as artistically as it as it is. Yeah. That it was going to be um that it wasn't going to be like hand holding, but that it is sort of more of that stark style of filmmaking where, you know, they're not really spoon feeding you a whole lot. Um, It feels a little bit more immediate, a little bit more dark and stark. Um, And, uh, and that's the interesting thing about it is that at the end of the day, you know, obviously a lot of horror movies don't end up with perfectly happy endings. You know, they'll give you that last little stinger, but I wanted to ask you about the one thing about this movie it for 90% of it is that some of the scariest stuff is just that simple thing of a smile. Yeah. But it, when we get to our climax, we get to a lot more special effects in that the creature that is her mom who, you know, was suffering depression i they do it in a really subtle way in the beginning there's that camera pan of a picture of family you know two daughters husband and wife yeah then the next picture is you know mom and two daughters and the youngest one is still smiling but the older one looks a little affected yeah and so a really nice subtle job of showing that we don't really know what happened to the dad 
I don't really think it's supposed to be anything weird or or having anything to do with no, yeah, with the curse or whatever. But the mom obviously, you know, got to a point where she, you know, was so depressed or whatever that she, you know, was was going to take her own life. But um, but in that end scene, when we see the manifestation of the grief or the trauma yeah that it's not just her mom but her mom grows into this sort of gigantic you know hideous creepy creature yeah were you okay with that with a movie that had been really subtle all i mean like mostly uh yeah i actually loved it okay yeah i like the direction they went with it it's weird it's like all the issues i had as much as I feel like It Follows and this movie are kind of similar, all the issues I had with It Follows, this movie didn't do, and all the issues I had with this movie, <laughs> It Follows didn't do. Right. Because uh, It Follows is all over the fucking place with its rules and how, how the monster works and shit like that. Um, <clears throat> and then the end, especially the end, I was just like, fuck, the ending is awful. I hated the two, two shots. Two shots kills this ghost in the head. Right, right. Uh, I do like that in this movie, spoilers, uh, the fucking main character dies. Yes. Uh, which is how it should be. Like, that is the part I was dreading. Like, because she does kind of light it on fire, the demon. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so that's how you defeat it, fire. And then I was like, then when it like comes crawling out of the doorway, I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, I, was, I had a smile on my face. Yes. I was right. like, thank, thank God you're here. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I mean, because, you know, it was, it didn't have that weird CGI shine to it because it was still kind of, the room itself is kind of dark and only lit by like a lantern, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like the peeling of the face is fucking awesome yeah. and then i mean just the my maid just ju- the like near end shot of this movie like the, before like the last minute she essentially just like stops and accepts it and this thing like pries her mouth open and then we get another great wide shot of this whole room her just on her knees and this thing like just opening her mouth and crawling inside but they do it. They don't, you know. Thankfully, they do. They don't show the whole thing crawling in, like just starting. So you yeah. already get the idea. Sure. Because if they do the whole thing, that looks like a dumb CGI thing. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so they just they made a lot of the right choices uh, with this. Yeah. Ending. Uh, and then the cop walks in. She lights herself on fire. And our last image. We don't have to end the episode. I'm just saying the last image right, yeah. of this. You know he. We see the reflection in his eye of her on fire, but you can still see her smiling. Uh, right then, he should have put a gun in his mouth. Yes, right. right. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Now, now for as far as a sequel goes, what I think is interesting, if they did go, if they did continue with his character, which why wouldn't they? I like the idea of it would be the first time, probably, in this curse's history that the person who got it would so immediately know exactly what's happening. That's true. So that so that he could work against it or have a little bit more time to think about or act on it before it really starts to haunt him right. into into craziness. Um yeah, what if I, you curse someone who's really brave and they're just like, <laughs> "I know what you're doing." Right. Yeah. Nice try. Well, that's what was interesting. You know, I thought about You're not my real doctor. I thought about the idea of her 
Because I, I was under the impression that when she decides that she's going to go out to this original, you know, the house where she found her mother dead and all that stuff, or I don't want to say contributed to her mother's death, but, you know. Oh, she definitely contributed yeah. to her mother's death. But it was. Because what I got from it is the mom, like, ODs. Yes. And it's like, please get me help. And the daughter's like, uh, I don't think I'm going to. Right. And at that point, it's just kind of like. Her daughter's Larry David. And I was. <laughs> And I was, and I was, yeah, just that music comes yeah. in at the end there. Um, but Mom's hand slips yeah. down the bed. Womp, yeah. womp, womp. But I, I didn't have a problem with that happening because I feel like what it was trying to say was that she was a young kid who needed a stable parent. Her parent or her mom had descended into such madness and probably caused so much emotional trauma to Rose's character as a young daughter that when she sees her mom in that state, I don't even know if it was about wanting her mom to die, but I, she probably at that point wasn't even necessarily looking at her like her mom anymore. Like she had just descended into something so unrecognizable that it was like, I just don't want to deal with this thing and, right. and was scared of her. Right. And now one thing that I thought was really interesting and this is just me, but the actress that they had playing the mom has a really unique look about her, almost to the point of looking like Polynesian, um, which which plays in, you know, like the the creature that the mom becomes is is really, you know, just terrifying in its own way. But um, what I found out was is that that actress and I'm like and, and you know, I'm all colorblind casting and all that is fine. But I was just kind of like, well, that's an interesting choice. But what I found out was is that that actress is Hungarian, and the Hungarians had a large influx of people from Central China or Central Asia. Oh, it's beside the point. But either way, she's just Hungarian. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. But um, but either way, what I what I thought was really interesting was when Rose was driving to that cabin. I'm like, okay, she gets it. She's going out there. And she's going to kill herself. And and she's going to exactly what you are saying to do. I thought it, that was exactly what her goal was. Yeah. So instead, when she gets there and she's like, I'm going to beat it. It just so happens that she tries to beat it by like, there's no lights. Make it even creepier by carrying a lantern around, right. you know, like even more <laughs> terrifying and encountering that. And it makes me think about like the balls that it takes to really address and confront your illogical fears. I've talked about that thing before where I'm not saying it's all the time, but I have that weird thing that I've had ever since I was a kid where I have to have at least like a limb underneath the blanket. <laughs> um, and I am old enough now to know that if I had all four limbs outside of the blanket, there isn't an old creepy elderly lady that's going to come and cut it off. I know that. I know that. But I will still be like, ah, fuck. And I pull my hand underneath that thing. Right. And it's so weird. But like, so as I'm watching this and I'm like, just commending her character for being like, I am just going to face this. It's going to be terrifying. It is like the root of everything that has messed me up in life, but I'm going to face it. And then to have the movie not have a happy ending. <laughs> right. That's where I got a little confused because I mean, you want to talk about thinly veiled metaphors, trauma. Okay. Like yeah. they're not even trying to hide it. Right. No, they literally say it. It's like, 
and and <laughs> no subtlety in this one and probably taking a step that a lot of pe- a lot of movies haven't dealt with to say it's not just the trauma that you go through it's other people witnessing you go through it are also traumatized yeah right so that's probably what it's even more speaking to is that you don't when you self-destruct you don't just hurt yourself you think that you you think like I'm just hurting myself. I'm being good to everybody else. I'm still nice to everybody else, but I'm just doing this to myself. No, you're doing it to everybody around you that cares about you. Yeah. Um. So that I thought was kind of a more interesting new take. But the thing is, is that there's no there's no resolution. Right. There's no like I battled it. I confronted it. I beat it. It was like, well, no, you don't. I'm going to come after you forever until you die. There's no getting rid of me. So I was really looking for the positive spin (laughs) at the end, but it's like, and she's a psychologist. So on top of everything. So I don't really know if I sat and thought about what they were trying to go for there. And if not, not that I have to put a positive spin on it, but if it's saying that your trauma is always with you, that it maybe it's not a matter of beating it. It's a matter of living with it. Right. You don't ever beat it. You just cope with it. You live with it. Yeah. Maybe that's the message. That's the Baba Duke. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to cover that one. Well, now. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everyone hates that movie now for some reason. <laughs> right. Man. Are you serious? Well, I don't say hate. But oh, I like, thought everybody loved that movie. Well, they, I think they did, but that seems to be a that seems to be an easy movie for for real fans to poo poo. Oh, you know what I mean? One like, of oh, of course you liked the Baba Duke. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Of course you liked the Baba Duke. It's good. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, there's so much of that, but um, but no, I I thought I thought this movie was great. I what I think was neat that they still funneled in whether it's the sister head swing down, yeah, or there's the scene where she goes. It ends up being just sort of a hallucination, but she goes to the hospital and she's like, "I'm gonna, I have to think of somebody that I have to kill, and I have to do it in front of somebody." I'm going to go kill one person who believes that they're going to die anyway and that life doesn't matter. Right. Because there's, there's a patient that she deals with who repeats this mantra over and over. I'm going to die. She's going to die. It doesn't matter. I don't matter. Like, she's like, I'm doing the guy a favor, right. you know, and she kills him in front of Cal Penn. And it's I hate to say it's hysterical. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so out of control. That's the only other way I would have liked the movie to have ended. Of her just fucking murdering someone. Ooh, I would have been okay with that. Yeah, and and it being like still no one believes her. Yeah, the resolution to a horror movie is usually involves like things being better. Right. Like we killed the guy and now he's dead and now we can, you know, whatever, hug on the beach or whatever. And Jason's down at the bottom of the lake like that. That's supposed to happen. But that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. It's a hysterical. Like you feel so well, bad. He's screaming, but then he starts smiling at her while she's doing it. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, and he looks kind of dopey anyway. And I think that was the other thing that kind of, and the reason I didn't really rush out to see this, because yeah, when I saw the trailer, um, yeah, not only did I think it was a secret sequel to 
truth or dare but also the in the trailer they have you know where she like oh, he's just sitting there smiling mm. towards the beginning yeah and then he starts going you're going to die you're oh. going and i was like that's fucking dumb and you i know, hate i still even in the context of the movie hate that hate it some of the it people seems so forced some of the people who put trailers together must be the most awful people on the planet <laughs> like you just you're just trying to be manipulative and pick like shit that people will bite on, like the most basic shit of a movie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. You see that, and it's like we've seen this a million times, you yeah. know. Um, Which is, I was surprised that it had the legs that it did. I guess because you know people did actually did enjoy the movie. It wasn't a sequel to <laughs> Truth or Dare. Um, but watching the trailer, I was like, no one's gonna see this. One th- I was wrong. One thing, another pleasant surprise, um, and I apologize for not having her name, but for all of you Scrubs fans out there, Carla. Yeah, she uh, ruled in this. Yeah, Turk's wife uh, is in this, and I've always liked her. It was I, I haven't seen her in a thing since Scrubs. Yeah, me neither. So that was kind of cool to see. She existed. There, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> there's a couple supporting roles that are a little humorous, like her a rose's sister's husband oh that guy was awesome he's well pretty funny yeah like like i mean he's playing a little bit for laughs and i'm totally okay with it um like that guy is funny and well he's the wet blanket to the sister's empowerment right right and the thing is so the movie is not like without any humor whatsoever even even in the moments of terror some of the terror is fun terror. Like it's not mean spirited, um, you know, torture porn terror. It's like good old fashioned. Ah, this is freaky. Like, <laughs> right. you know, and I know that you said that that misdirection thing is used, you know, a couple of times and it takes the, the, the wind out of the sails. But when she's sitting there with her therapist and then gets a call from her therapist to yeah. know, it's not like we've never seen that in a movie before. Right. But that therapist does the smile pretty goddamn good. Plus, she adds a little slobber. <laughs> See, I thought her. Yeah, she. I think she had to add the slobber because I thought her <laughs> smile looked a little goofy. It was like kind of like pinched. If I well, can say she that looks, right, she looks it's a like little high, but but pinched. She kind of looks like Jerry Bruckheimer. I think like <laughs> um, like she's got Man. that kind of look, like a little bit. But you know the 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 weakest smile, and I. I loved the the I believe his name is is it Joel in the movie that's the ex boyfriend oh uh, maybe I think so um, but I, I liked him throughout the movie and but his smile at the end is the weakest I thought like he looks down and I know he's gonna look up it's where we it's where we think that she's escaped the oh house. right 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 yeah and then she we find and we see the scene where like you know she's come back to his place and everything's gonna be okay and then he has the smile and says right. like you're never gonna get away whatever. That his smile was a little weak, but um, but either way, like that first scene where the first scene where we see the smile and we see a, a self uh, neck slashing starting all the way up from the face. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty terrifying to sit through. Um, I, I don't know. Dude, I that just one, the other cop where they're interviewing her at the beginning about. Yeah, the the, oh, the yeah. grad student who's killed herself, you know, and she's like, "Yeah," and when she was slitting her wrist, she was smiling, and he's like, "Oh yeah, she's crazy, <laughs> right?" Yeah. Oh yeah. So the yeah, so they, I mean, the the movie isn't isn't 
the movie takes itself seriously, but it's it's not like um, alienating. Like they put enough relatability in there. Sure. Even when even when Rose is going through some of her frustration, and you know she's a very very nice woman, and she's presented, and the actress herself seems to have a really sweet demeanor. It comes through on the screen, so that when she starts to get like fuck you, like frustrated, it's it's kind of fun to see her like blow up a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this was her first thing, right? Did she do something before this? No. Uh, you know, up. I, I want to say that I looked that, that up, but it was nothing that I had ever heard of before. I'll look it up that I know of. Um, one, <laughs> you know, if, if somebody wants to know a little bit more about the gore factor in this movie, like there, there's, there's certainly blood. There's certainly self mutilation, self killing. You know, there's all kinds of creepy stuff going on. But there, my favorite one was a very brief glance at a picture of the man who killed himself with a hammer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the tongue hanging out. Oh yeah, my god! A good like th- one quarter of his lower jaw is gone, and that's where the tongue is chosen to like hang down and droop down, and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was in Lover Boy that Kevin Bacon directed, but that was in '05. Okay. She was like ten years old. Oh, okay. And she's done a, a handful of things, but nothing I've ever heard of. Oh, she, I, she, I. Just... Well, I mean, you've heard of uh, Chronically Metropolitan, right? Uh, yeah, chronically. Yeah, I can't stop hearing about it. Big yeah. Hit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, so Bacon, welcome. Yes. I don't know how you got to, the part. Right. Epo, baby. <laughs> um, and now I, she's selling Kias with her dad. Yeah. <laughs> something, that, something. That what, They're doing like does? a car commercial. Now. Uh, I thought he just like ate, uh, like granola and stuff. <laughs> and it was like in phenomenal shape. Um, no, I uh, I I thought she did a, a wonderful job, and like I said, going back to the beginning, like I think that it's it's would have been a really easy role for somebody to be indulgent in, but we don't really see her doing anything other than kind of not the same performance, but it reminds me just a little bit of um, Drag Me to Hell, where instead of being like. Hey world, doesn't everybody see what I'm going through? You know, like they just try to fucking hold on to their shit as long right. as they can, you know? Yeah. And I, I kind of like that about it as opposed to her just being like, you know, some loud mouth and screaming all over the place at what's happening to her. She's trying to just handle her shit. Right. And that's, that's, you know, makes it her that much more endearing. Well, she's been so good at holding her trauma in well, for yes. so long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I was scared throughout. Um, I think they did a great job of doing the unsettling. I mean, like when I say they pull out all the stops, there's, you know, there's Dutch angles. There's, there's using of, uh, like this saturation of color. There's rooms, big rooms with nothing on the walls, these bare walls. There's just every little trick that they have to unnerve you. But but it's not obvious, it's subtle, but they're throwing it all at you to just make you on the edge of your seat from the beginning. So I think it's a real good old fashioned, for me anyhow, like scary movie. Yeah. I, I thought it was just a real scary ass movie. I loved it. You recommend it? Absolutely a thousand percent. 
And shame on me for not seeing it earlier. I really liked it. Wow. Yeah, I am surprised you liked it that much. Uh, you didn't think the men were portrayed uh, poorly in this movie? No, I thought they were. Yeah, no, I I think, you know, I think that they were, you know, flawed, but had their redeeming qualities. So, yeah, no, I was I was fine with everybody's bumbling detectives. Yeah. Figure anything out. Boyfriend who wasn't attentive enough. Yeah, I know. The wet sack sock of a brother in law. (laughs) I I was okay with all of it. I think it was I think it was perfectly done. All right. Yes. You've come a long way. Yeah. (laughs) Since last or three days ago. Um, but no, I, I think it was really neat. I think that, uh, you know, while it does have some gross moments in there, it doesn't dwell on it. So uh, I've said this a million times, but it really is true. If, uh, if somebody just wants to be scared, I'll tell you what, I challenge you to watch this movie by yourself in the dark. Like I, I challenge anybody who hasn't seen it to try that. Okay. See how you, I mean, I did it. It was fine. I guess it depends on. I do movies scare you? Like, <laughs> did you watch it on the computer or the TV? I watched it on my iPad Mini. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I watched it like laying on a couch with it like three inches from my face. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. That like it was, it, out. it was taking up all the the space I was looking at. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, I I think that it is. I think it's awesome. I again, this is kind of renews whether i mean black phone was black phone but you know between x and then watching this like i'm getting really excited and positive for horror yeah this is this is a great time to be alive as a horror fan that's true so what's coming up what's coming out this year i don't know it seemed like everything was last year fucking exorcist remake which just killed me now um, that might not be this year. That might be next year yet. But yeah, I'm um, trying to think of like a horror trailer that I've seen. Uh, the M Night Shyamalan just had Knock at the Cabin. I don't know if that's really horror though. That seems to be more suspense. Yeah, he's more of a thriller type. Yeah. Um, great question. Dave Bautista wearing glasses. Yeah, and that so you know he does a good job. He's a smart guy in that yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, he's a calm guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's all it takes. I <laughs> do that guy. <laughs> Tell me a movie he doesn't wear glasses in. He's fucking rules in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that guy, he's he's carving out for as ginormous of a human being as he is. Yeah. He's carving out a nice career for himself. He's he, doing oh, good. Yeah. Best wrestler actor of all time. I can I can confidently say that. Uh, Hulk Hogan is Thunderlips in uh, Rocky Three. I don't know. I do. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does too. Um, no, I love this movie. I recommend the hell out of it. Ooh, before I forget, before I forget, um, just one thing real quick. Uh, I, you know, we don't ask too much of people, uh, listeners, as far as like trying to spread the word or whatever, you know, if anything, we, it's more about us asking for their opinions or thoughts or whatever. Yeah. But I will, I will ask this. If, if anybody out there thinks of it and is listening to this right now, um, whenever you get the chance, maybe put out uh, a post uh, on on the socials about us. I'd, I'd love that. And I mean, and in, in, if I can be so bold, uh, my preference wouldn't even be to like share a post of ours. Right. But it would be to like, just say like, hey, I listen to these guys and check them out. Like, you know, 
here's what to search, you know, or whatever. I, I don't know anything about links or anything, but I mean, there's probably an easier way to do it. But what I'm saying is if you wanted to just do a little something for the show, uh, put a little post out there, say that, you know, tell people, hopefully you enjoy listening to the show and just let them know what they need to, to search for. And uh, that would be awesome. I would yeah, love that. Sure. Uh, I also do recommend this movie. Thank you. A timid rec- Yeah, it's fine. Like I yeah. it's not bad. You loved it. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh it has no business being 2 hours long though. I did have a big issue with that. even watching it again. Really? I was like, "Oh my god, there's still a fucking half hour I'm surprised left in it's this 2 movie. hours." I, I didn't even I didn't even it didn't even occur to me. Wow. Yeah, 2 hours. Hmm. Now see, I thought Black Phone. That Black Phone was like an hour 40. That didn't feel like an hour forty. I thought that moved pretty well. Yeah, it it I for for all the shit that I talked about it, like yeah, it 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 clips. Yeah, but this is I don't know. I mean, like you could have this. This is also a movie that could be four hours long. You could have just as many uh, scenes where the ghost is fucking with her, or the demons fucking with her and is you know tricking her into thinking one thing and it's another. You can have so many of those scenes. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it does. I mean, it still does. There are a lot of those. I think it's great. Right. <laughs> I liked it a lot. That's good. That's good. I, li- I like. You're the- not alone. I mean, people like this. Movie. Well, yeah, it made even more money than the black phone for Christ's sake. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's that's great. And look, remember I mean, when rated R movies didn't make a million dollars? How's this happening? Yeah, I know. And and a, for all from a guy that just made a, an eleven minute short. Yeah, that's got to feel good. And Paramount is like, got to have that. Welcome to Hollywood. Because I know the guy who made uh, Lights Out. Do you remember that movie? That was that was the clapping one with what's her face, wasn't it? Uh, it's not clapping. It's just a light switch. But it's like a woman and she's going to bed and she turns off the hall light. And then like in the darkness of the hall, she like sees a silhouette at the end of the hall. Maybe. And then she like turns the light back on. There's nothing in there. And then she like turns the hall light off again. The silhouette's a little closer. And then so like she like is in bed and then like turns and there's like a little demon girl or something right next to the lamp and clicks the lamp off. That guy... So that was like a short, and then they made Lights Out, like a full-length feature based on that. And the guy who made that got to direct that. That was his first movie. Wow. Definitely did not have the legs this one did. So it's it's just kind of crazy, like, what, 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 what will pop or not. Yeah, right. Just lightning in a bottle. Yeah, yeah right. And then time. that guy directed Shazam. <laughs> that was his next project. They were like, well... <laughs> You know how to you 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 make movies. Yeah, we know what a smash hit that was. Yeah, yeah. well, it's one of their better. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool character. Yeah, underrated character. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, the hierarchy of power is about to change. Yes, that's true. It, you know, uh, the Rock, even though his whole character <laughs> of Black Adam is based on, like, he says Shazam. He says Shazam to get his powers. Did not want Shazam to be in his movie. You Who know, is not even the character Shazam is actually, I believe, Captain Marvel. It's a it's a real fucking complicated web of names we've got here. I was thinking, I was thinking about you just a couple of days ago. I saw for Valentine's Day, The Rock put out a Instagram post, and it's 
It was you Black know, Adam's still making money. He's got you know he's got a shirt on. It's it's uh, you know kind of unbuttoned. He's got the beach behind him. He's drinking a glass of his Terramana, you know, uh, tequila. <laughs> yeah, and you know he just kind of like takes a sip. He does the eyebrow thing. He does the toast and. I love The Rock, but I, I was kind of like, come the fuck right, on. Dude. Can you, yeah, I love The Rock, too. Can you just stop too, but... being The Rock for one fucking second and just <laughs> right. hang? Like, just be cool. Just hang. Yeah. You don't have to be The like, Rock all the time. Look at the first, like, few movies he did. As, as not great, like, because he did The Rundown, which is good. And then he did that Southland Tales, which I never saw. Looked that, intriguing, but that, I heard was not good. No, that was the guy that did Donnie Darko. That was the director yes. of Donnie Darko. Yeah, but I heard he was good at like choices yeah, like good. that. Man, yeah. go back to doing that right. shit. Yeah, drop the f- rock thing. Uh, fucking uh, what was the one he did with uh Anthony Mackie and uh Mark Wahlberg? Pain oh, and gain. Yeah. <laughs> The fucking ruled. He was great. In he was that. the bodybuilder in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I started it. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, I'm. I'm not one to like pump up a Michael Bay film, but yeah, that might be one of his best films. <laughs> it's pretty good. So you you're not four Maybe square. <laughs> you're not four square against the Rock. You just want to see a better, a lesser Rock. Yeah, I love the Rock. My yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So get you know get over yourself. Yeah. Testosterone's a hell of a drug. Uh, it sure is. <laughs> Oh, hey, hobo man, hey, dapper Dan. <laughs> All right. So that was Smile from 2022. Mm. Please join us next week as we wrap up 22 Redo with oh. Big Shocker here. We started this with X. We're going to end it with Pearl mm. from 2022, the Mia Goth character study of Pearl from X in her own movie, Pearl. It's great. I can't wait. I have not seen it. Yeah. <laughs> shocker. People say great things. Yeah. I'm really uh, intrigued. I mean, I'm sure you will like it. Yeah. I don't know if you'll like it more than X. They're very different movies. Does it have uh, on the over and under higher or lower dong silhouettes? Lower. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not we're a, a, not a lower a silhouette, but just a lower zero. Amount. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, no, there's no dong silhouette. Okay. No, no dongs. No dongs worth silhouetting, I'm sure. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of, well, no, there are men in it. They're just all kind of simpy and lame. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I love it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, all our other shit uh, huge thanks to our patrons you helped make this show possible we couldn't do it without you oh I did really want to say real quickly before we wrap it wrap it uh, we do have a, a super fan we never really talk about on our show uh, old roommate of mine uh, I don't want to really say names names his name is John mm. um, and his mom just passed away so uh, yes. yeah so I wanted to say uh, uh, rip to her uh, she was a really great lady uh, John we love you and uh, sorry for your loss um sorry like the one time we mentioned you was like the <laughs> yeah <laughs> no of the worst circumstances but a really really great guy and yeah. um and yeah i it's uh you know he he had a to shoulder that burden with his father and now with his mom yeah, he's and, a freaking orphan now, yeah so. and i and i just you know but i he's he's resilient and uh yeah we're here for you john yeah okay uh, smile. All That's right. the only time I've ever called him John, by the way. <laughs> right, I know. It feels so weird. Uh, yeah. 
there's something to smile about. Okay, uh, Tim, do you got anything else to say about smile? You know, I, I, it's so shockingly, I, I feel like I've talked nonstop. Uh, I feel, I feel like I've said it all. Um, let me just say that. Oh, one thing I will say. Look, we're only in what mid February at this point. Now we always cook up some really cool ideas for miniseries and all that sort of thing. And I don't want to rush out and have you know ask for a bunch of suggestions for movies and then we never get to them. So I yeah. don't want to like disappoint people. But got a nice long year coming. We yeah. got a whole rest of it uh, ready to go. So if there's something that after 140 some odd episodes that we haven't covered that you're really, really stoked about and that you'd love. That's the one thing that makes me feel good when people are like, I love this movie and I, I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about it. Yeah. So that makes me feel really good. So if there's something out there that is in that category that you would love to hear us ramble on about, <laughs> then uh, let us know and we'll, we'll try to get to it by God. We got all year to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a lot booked in the near future but, okay but you know it's a, it's an open yeah. year yeah november it, yeah, yeah we'll get to you uh <laughs> second weekend of september just let us know <laughs> all right sure <laughs> all right tim uh, i got nothing else hey, all right, bye. Bye.